The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Tech Tuesday is now Tech Thursday. Andy O'Donoghue, thank you very much for being with us. First of all, tell us a little bit about the likely implications of this Netflix crackdown on password sharing, which it says is happening this quarter, sometime in the next couple of months. I think it's likely to happen probably by, certainly by the end of March, Matt. And the practice of sharing passwords is quite common. And we probably all know somebody, perhaps even who uses our password, but we certainly know somebody who uses someone else's password. The reason we can make that assumption is the number is apparently huge. There may be up to 100 million households using Netflix who don't pay for it. Now, When Netflix released their earnings last week, it was a very positive sort of outlook from Netflix. Uh, Things are beginning to get back on track for them. But one of the things that they are committed to doing is cracking down on password sharing. And what this means is that if you don't live in the house where your account is being used, there will probably be an extra charge. We don't know how much, Matt. Currently, Netflix costs in Ireland between €9 and €21. And if you add an extra screen or two, that price, it goes up by five or six euros, I think. What we're likely to see Netflix doing is that if you introduce a new smart TV, and they have been careful in their statement to say that they're not going to stop people from using Netflix while they travel, so laptops and tablets are fine, but if you add a new television, it looks like a new home to them, there will be an extra charge. So that means that people's prices, they may not double, but they could go up by 30%. Because I would suspect there might be a lot of, shall we say, adult children or teenagers who use their parents' Netflix account and use it when they're away studying or whatever, will they still be able to get away with that on the basis that they're not using it on a television but on a laptop or phone? It's difficult to tell from the statement. My thinking on this is that that probably might be okay. Netflix are an incredibly sophisticated, technically sophisticated organization. And they're not just a great program maker, but they're also very, uh, very clever at the way they deliver their service. So I think, though, that if you use your tablet or laptop when you're traveling and in different locations and they detect its different locations, I think that might be okay. But if you continue to use a tablet in the same location over and over again, night in, night out for a year, Netflix will know what's going on. And you may find yourself having to pay a charge. We know we've seen Costa Rica and Chile and Peru and some South American countries. Netflix did a did a trial of this uh, and in Australia. And that price was impacted by four Australian dollars. So I think, you know, that's likely to to be what we see here. Because a lot of people use their Netflix account, don't they, on multiple devices, their television, maybe their iPad, their smartphone. They do. And I I discovered this myself. I I, I had a single, uh, I had the lowest tier of Netflix account going back some years. And then I added a second television on it. And I noticed I moved up a tier to the multiple screens. It wasn't a huge cost at the time. But I suppose the consideration here, Matt, is maybe for families who have a couple of students who are away studying, all of a sudden, you may have three households that you're going to need to pay for Netflix for. And that's probably what's going to irk people. There will be no positive response to this from viewers. But the reward for Netflix, if they can capture some of that 100 million people who are 
um, using shared passwords, well, then that's a win for them. Okay, something else I want to talk to you about is a report that appeared in the Financial Times suggesting that Apple is trying to what it describes as beef up its smartphone services in a so-called silent war against Google. What's this about? This is really interesting, Matt, and it is not just a silent war, but a silent story. There is a tremendous rivalry between Apple and Google, and some would say it goes back to when Eric Schmidt, um, who used to run Google, was on the board of Apple. Um, Steve Jobs was very bitter about the development of Android, which at one point he even called a stolen product. And so many people might think that Apple, uh, Apple's big competitors are Samsung or even Facebook, but there's tremendous rivalry with Google. And one of the things that Apple are trying to do is they are trying to sort of leverage their commitment to privacy on iPhone. And to do that, they need to do a few things. One of them is they need to get maps, um, Apple Maps used as kind of the de facto maps program on iPhone. And the other thing they need to do is they need to develop their own advertising mechanism so that ads shown on iPhones come from Apple and do not go to a third party. That way, Apple can guarantee people's privacy, but they can also earn revenue for it. And Google apparently are somewhat concerned about this. Apple had a very bad start with Apple Maps, but only recently, Matt, really interesting development. They announced a new feature called Business Connect. And this is a little bit like um, uh, one of the features you see on Google Maps. So people can um, can uh, apply to own their location on the map. And of course, that is, we go to, we don't just find our way using Google Maps or Apple Maps, but we find companies. And so you can see Apple appear to be slowly building their own infrastructure so that iPhone users don't have to use those Google services. Okay, but isn't it for competition reasons? Don't the authorities want these things to be available on your iPhone so that you have choice? They do. And, of course, uh, at the moment, it's interesting, um, uh, Google Pay Apple billions of dollars um, to be the default search on iPhone every year. And part of this is that so Google dominates the search business. Um, Microsoft and DuckDuckGo and others have a tiny market share compared to them. The introduction of an Apple search might well um, uh, I, I suppose it might play well with regulators because it gives people, we know there's 2 billion iPhones in the world, it gives people an interesting option. And of course, it allows Apple to control their own infrastructure, which they are always really keen to do. Okay, one final one. And I know John Gibbons wants to talk about this in uh, his environment spot as well. Uh, you want to mention though, what you describe as the ideal electric vehicle for school runs, but a big question mark to that. Matt, this is one of the most astonishing things <laughs> I think that I've ever, uh, ever seen. Electric vehicles, um, incredibly popular, and we know uh, they continue to be so. But um, a U.S. maker, it was founded, I think, by um, a guy who was the son of an Iranian fighter pilot. Um, but um, their new SUV is priced from somewhere from $285,000 to half a million dollars. It's been suggested, believe it or not, as the ideal vehicle for soccer mums. And it comes with optional bulletproof glass, strobe lights, electrified door handles and wing mirrors that can shoot pepper spray. Yeah, but the one bit that really interests me is that, that apparently there'll be no back windscreen. You'll depend instead on a video camera. 
Really interesting feature, and because it is designed and it looks like a military vehicle, um, they've taken out the rear uh, the rear window and they've installed cameras. So on your mirror, your mirror is in exactly the place you'd expect it to be, but it's a live video feed from the back of the car. And what happens if the video breaks down and then suddenly you're <laughs> blind from behind? Thank you very much, Andy O'Donoghue, for joining us for Tech Thursday. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today,